Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, uh, it is so great to know that you are our Lord and Savior, Lord. So comforting it is. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll open up our hearts this morning, all of us in our minds, that there might be one or two little nuggets, little truths that we never even thought of before that will just touch our hearts, Lord, and to draw us closer to you and, and understand the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does. I pray, Lord, you anoint me to preach this message, that our hearts will be open to receive it, that you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, last week in the first uh, five verses of First First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, uh, it really made a compelling case that, that, that the gospel comes from the wisdom of God and not the wisdom of this world. Now we move into verses 6 through 16, and here Paul emphasizes that the Christian wisdom is centered on God's redemptive plan as revealed in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And so really, as we read through and, and talk about these verses, you're going to see a lot of repetition, so to speak, but I believe God is doing this for a reason. But basically, this whole section talks about the wisdom, with the wisdom of the world is incapable of understanding divine wisdom. So are you with me? Here we go. Uh, my first thought is the Holy Spirit reveals. We'd be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 10, and let's start with verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. In reading these verses, we, we need to understand that Christianity is not simply turning off our ability to think, nor is it thought, thoughtless emotionalism. We need a combination of many things as the Spirit leads and guides us. So some people get too caught up in emotions, and some people just forget about the Holy Spirit completely. So we want to focus in on, on what Paul is telling us about this. And in verse 6, what he does, he is contrasting the mature Christian and babes in Christ. And those are the early Christians in the early stages of their Christian development. They're still, still walking somebody into the world because they were still learning and trying to process what the Holy Spirit is laying on their hearts and their minds. So they are in that, that period of, of understanding uh, what the Spirit is telling them. Now, if you look at going to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, it really gives a cross-reference of just what I'm talking about, of of the mature Christian, the, the infants in Christ, and the world still involved in trying to navigate and grow in their faith, but their, their spiritual understanding is lacking, not because of intelligence, just because of experience. You know, think of yourself. Think about when you first became a Christian. If you're a born-again Christian, think about that. And those first two or three or months or whatever it is, 
when God was in you, you felt the love of Christ, and you were on fire for the Lord, and you thought that you were the Apostle Paul, and you knew everything in the faith. Or, when you first became a Christian, how you need to get out of the way because you are just rampaging through other people who did not understand, and you wanted them to understand, but they didn't understand. So sometimes new Christians, I was one of them, and I was obnoxious. And sometimes we can be that way because God has given us such a wonderful, marvelous truth to share. Now, Paul talked about the wisdom of this age. This refers to the natural world which cannot understand the things of God. This world cannot understand the things of God. Anybody taken a foreign language? Of course you have. Most of you have. You know, you know if here's somebody... Uh, would speak in Hebrew or the Greek or whatever, you wouldn't understand it. And it's similar to people that don't know God cannot really understand his truths. They can study, but they'll never really have that understanding until the Spirit of God is in them. That is the function of the Holy Spirit. We become Christians. His Spirit lives within us. His Spirit fills us and teaches us, encourages us in the ways of Jesus Christ. Did not Jesus say at his ascension, I'm going to leave you physically, I'm not going to be with you, but I'm going to send what? The Holy Spirit. He will teach you, guide you, direct you, encourage you in all of these things. Okay, let's go to verses 7 and 8. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been made hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Again, we talked about this last week shortly. A a mystery that was hidden, he was talking about Jesus Christ being revealed. That was the mystery. It's God's revelation in Christ. And it's hidden from those, again, who have rejected Jesus. A person who has rejected Christ cannot understand this mystery of salvation. Or, or, this mystery, it's a mystery to those because they have not been told. Verse 8 reminds us that the cross, God's wisdom was misunderstood in Jesus' day. It was misunderstood by the prominent people. The wisest, quote, people of his day misunderstood. And so what did they do? They crucified the Lord of glory today. How many times have have I talked about how our society, how we've slipped away from God? And people out there, you can go, maybe some of your friends or some of your relatives, whatever it might be, you start talking about Christ and church or whatever. They say, what? What are you talking about? Or they don't understand where you're coming from. That is natural for the natural person who's not in Christ. So we have to be prepared. If you witness that somebody that's not in Christ, for the most part, they probably are not going to gravitate to you because they don't understand. 
the hearts can't understand because the Spirit of God is not in them. That making sense to you? We're awful quiet. Okay. Well, we'll see how it goes as we as we progress. So, so that is important for us to see and and for us to understand. Um, verse nine. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things of God was prepared to those. For those who love him. It just, they just, you know, reinforced just what I had just said. And so what Paul is saying here is that this reference from Isaiah, which is in verse 9, is not simply talking about what Christians will experience in heaven, but what Christ has already done, what God has already revealed, his mind, his actions to those who what? To those who love him. God reveals himself his personality, his characteristics, his truths, to those who love him. Love is the greatest characteristics, characteristic of the human experience and is God's greatest attribute. God loves us so much. God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. And that means that God, God's love is poured out on us. When you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, God is pouring out his love on you in your heart, in your mind. That's how much God loves you. God loves you perfectly. He loves me perfectly. What does that mean? So many things. But it also means when I blow it, when I make a mistake, God still loves me perfectly. His love never changes. When, as I seek and grow in Christ, then God's love covers me. He covers me in Christ. Amen? Now that deserves, I believe, an amen. Verse 10. You think, whoa, this can really be fast. Not so fast. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The things of God the Holy Spirit reveals are his character. His plans for us, his blessings, his promises and insights that come through Jesus' death and resurrection. Everything flows through Christ. God's love for us, his promises, his truths, everything flows through Jesus. That's Jesus' function in the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God's plan is set in the sacrifice comes through who? Himself, through his Son, through the flesh. And what does the Spirit do? The Spirit just reinforces all of this. You know, that's what we have today. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. And those of you are saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that a million times. Well, you need it here at a million and one. You know, that's why you have the Bible. You know, that's why we keep reading the Scriptures because we need to reinforce these things and understand that this is so, if it's important to God, it should be important to us. Amen? All right. That's better. Okay, number two, in the know. We have four thoughts this morning. Number two, in the know, verses 11 and 12. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. You know, that, you know, you could probably say, somebody could criticize, say, boy, this is all redone, over-repeating 
The same thing over and over again, maybe in a different way. Yes, that's what he's doing because sometimes we're brain dead. Sometimes we don't get it the first time or the second time. So we God keeps reinforcing all of these things because it is so important. No one can know another person's thoughts except that individual. Rudy? Rudy's looking at me, and he's kind of looking at me like he's bewildered. I don't know what he's thinking. He could be thinking, A, this guy is nuts, or this guy is boring or whatever. I don't know his thoughts. Chris, I don't know your thoughts. You don't know my thoughts. We can't. Yes, there are times when the Spirit moves us, and we're so in tune with the Spirit, he's, he, you know, he kind of helps us. A person would say, you've been praying for me. I felt, yes, I've been praying for you. Yes, I felt the same thing. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about basically each and every day, you know your own thoughts. You can tell me you're doing great, but inside you're doing lousy. You can tell me I'm right in tune. I remember this when I was uh, doing my internship years ago at this church. And I was called to do, it was a Presbyterian church, so I was called to do the call to worship, etc. So I'd read some lines and you guys would repeat them. And I remember in the second row to my right was this couple. And this guy was so intent. It's like he is weighing at every word that the pastor said. He used to always fascinate me. I'd say, man, this guy is really, he's a great guy to preach to because he really looks like he's really into what was being said. Maybe he's thinking about that pot roast that was going to happen after church. Maybe he's thinking about that ball game that afternoon. I don't know his thoughts. I'm just assuming. So that's important that we understand Paul's trying to make that statement. However, because the Holy Spirit is fully God. The Holy Spirit is fully God. He knows and reveals God's mind and thoughts through his word. God wants us to be in the light, not in the dark. Amen? And amen. All right. So, as I'm going through this, these verses, I'm reading one verse after another after another. From, for, from verse 10 on, the Spirit, the Spirit, Spirit. Twelve times Paul mentions the Spirit here. And from verses 6 through, no, verses 10 through 16. Nine times he mentioned the Spirit, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The other three he's talk, spirits, he's talking about the spirit of this world, of this age. It's the natural mind, that, the natural spirit. So we can assume from this, if God mentioned this 12 times in this little block of Scripture, it's got to be important. He's saying, listen up. I want you to listen up because there's something for you. If you say it right now, oh, I know all of this, whatever, then you've closed your heart and your mind from a nugget that God wants to give you. God always has something to give us if we're open to receive it. Amen? Always. This is not uh, a defense of me or whatever or anybody that's up here. That is fact. There's always something. So never, ever think, you know, uh, that we are above this. I'm not above this. 
None of us are because this is fresh to us each and every day and it should reinforce our beliefs and how we operate in the spirit. Amen? Okay, now I got you totally confused. Number 12. What we have received is not the spirit of the world again, (coughs) but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Again, the spirit of the world refers to the spirit of this age. It's the natural person. We are natural. That's the way we're born. We are natural human beings. That's the spirit of this, this age. It's the natural mind driven by who? Driven by Satan. Building, blinding our hearts and minds and says, God is not active. God is not here. What this pastor is saying is not true. God is not here. He doesn't exist. He doesn't care about you. Or if he does exist in my world, he's out there. He's like the watchmaker. You know, he just makes the watch, then he watches it run. But he's not actively involved in our lives at all. That is what the carnal mind or the worldly age thinks. That God is insignificant. He's not relevant in this world. And that is all over. And unfortunately, it's also getting into our churches as well. Okay. The vast majority of today's learning institutions are not interested in what God has to say. I'd probably say that the majority, or I could step out and say of businesses today, by and large, they're not really interested in what God has to say, especially about salvation. Number three, believe what you want to believe. Verses 13 and 14. Paul continues, this is what, the, what, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by what? The Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are not discerned or because they are discerned only through the Spirit. You ever have someone you witness to talk about Christ and they go, Really? And somebody, they, they kind of roll their eyes. They go, oh, come on. Are you one of these Jesus freaks, these people, that you actually believe this stuff, that that doesn't really apply? Oh, that's for people. God is for people that need, that need a crutch. God is for people that need something that they're lacking in their lives because they're too weak to live in this world, so they need a mystical God or whatever it is. That's what's out there. That's what's out there. That's what uh, Paul, I, I believe, is warning us about. In verse 13, Paul says, true spiritual wisdom for living this life comes by way of the Spirit. And verse 14 reminds us that the person without the Spirit does not accept and believe that spiritual things are foolish. Why? Because they can't discern God's truth. According to Paul, they cannot discern God's guidance from his word. I'm sure that you have examples of that 
in your own lives. Now, as many of you know, most of you know, I'm trying to minister to our, uh, my good friend. His wife passed away about six months ago, and we were very close as a couple. And that was, in fact, Sandy was Jan's best friend. Her husband, through the years, we used to kid because he was, not, he was the unchurched. The guy was extremely brilliant, had his Ph.D. in chemical engineering, and he was a thinker of thinkers. But he never, we'd talk about Christ or whatever, and sometimes we'd tiptoe around talking about Jesus because Dennis wasn't really ready for it or whatever. He always wanted to break it down. He could never bring it from the head to his heart because he always tried to analyze it. So here we are, six months later, I meet with him on a regular basis, and we started out, and I thought, Lord, how am I going to uh, minister this man, this man of the world? His thoughts and minds are on the things of the world. How am I going to do this? He goes to church. Yes, he does. He says he believes. Well, you know, I could probably question that because how his response to me when I talk about godly things. So finally I figured, I prayed and prayed every time I, I meet with him, God, how do you want me to minister this man who is so hurting? His pain and the loss of his wife is so deep that it seems like it's getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So maybe a month or so ago, I said, Dennis, I want you, I want you to read the Bible. I said, I tell you what. I said, want you, I encourage you to read the Gospel of John. Then you need to say to me, well, I, I can't read. You know, I have, I've always had a hard time reading whatever. The guy's a Ph.D. Are you kidding me? But I didn't say that, but I'm thinking that. I said, no, Dennis, I tell you what. I said, read John, and, and if you have, just start reading it. Don't read the whole chapter, you know, just the whole book. Read a, a verse here, verse there. If you have any questions, write them down, and we'll talk about it. Okay, I'll do that. Meet again. Dennis, you know, doing any Bible reading? No, I can't seem to get into it. Same thing over and over again. So this past Wednesday, I met with him again. And I prayed, and I felt, when I left him, I felt like I let God down. I felt I let God down because I thought I, I could be doing more. I need to be doing more. For Pete's sake, I, we didn't really talk about the faith. We talk about just stuff. We talked about stuff. I thought about that. I thought, well, maybe the next time I can do better. Maybe the next time I can do. Then I realized that I'm getting my own self in this and not allowing God to percolate in his life. Sometimes maybe you are ministering to the, a non-believer. Maybe you have somebody in your family, a friend or whatever, or you don't even talk about faith because you know it turns them off. Whatever it is, but yet you feel compelled that you need to talk to that person about Christ but something is pushing you back. You can't, you can't, you can't. 
You can, you can, you can. If you have the Holy Spirit. But listen to this. Don't rush the Spirit. Don't rush. Then back off. If nothing spiritual happens in one meeting, so what? Build a relationship. Build from that. Build that trust so that person will one day uh, listen to what you have to say. Remember, all of this is God's timing. We are praying in our prayer for people that need to know the Lord. We're praying for their salvation. And for some, it hasn't happened yet. But we trust and believe that in God's timing, they will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we need to hang on to. That, I believe, is what the Spirit is telling us, to just have faith, trust, and believe. Have faith, trust, and believe. You can say, well, I've been praying for this person for 20 years. Well, make it 21 years or 20 new. You don't know. You do not know how the Spirit is moving in certain situations. So therefore, brothers and sisters, trust in him. Somebody must have been praying for me, you know, and I came to the Lord at, what, 31 years old. So I believe it took 31 years before God got a hold of me. Maybe uh, God got hold of you younger. That's great. Praise God. For some, it's older or whatever. It does not matter. What matters is the person coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what counts. Age doesn't. It's coming to know him. Amen? Okay. Number four. Getting to know him from verses 15 and 16. Listen to this. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Believer, the Spirit is in you. You have the mind of Christ if you, if you use it. Now, can anybody tell me who was the Microsoft CEO back in 2007? All you technology people, can you remember that? Oh, yeah, I think about him the other day. Does the name uh, Steve Ballmer ring a bell to you? He said something. I'm, I'm going to try to quote what he said. He said, there is no chance, there is no chance that the iPhone will get any significant market share. No chance. And he based his opinion on the notion that only people that be uh, interested in the iPhone would be, in his, in his words, the technology nerds. They wouldn't be for popular for the general population. And then he said, and I quote, I want to have products that appeal to everybody. 
Was he right? Was he right? Fast forward 16 years later, more than well over 2 billion iPhones have been sold. You know, we can say with confidence, my goodness, he wasn't right. In fact, he was dead wrong. And here was a guy that was CEO of Microsoft, have all this technical knowledge. Oh, yeah, this is never going to go. It's never going to work. It's never going to work. My point is the mind and spirit of this world is not perfect. We are not perfect. We make mistakes. When we operate out of the spirit into the flesh, we are imperfect. We're even imperfect in the flesh. But Jesus Christ is perfect. Jesus' promises are perfect. His healing is perfect. His teaching is perfect. His spirit is perfect. He wants us to trust him completely, even, even though sometimes we don't understand his ways. Amen? It's sometimes in our lack of understanding that that's where our faith starts to grow, when we don't totally understand his ways. But he's working. He's working in us. Because that's what he does. And, this, and if we allow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, through him, we can gain insight into some of God's thoughts, his mind, and his actions. You know why? Because we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ working in us. That's something that this world cannot grasp. Your neighbor that's not in Christ, he cannot grasp this. Only those that are in Christ can say, Ah, I know what you're talking about. Remember when you came to Christ? Then remember before Christ, you would read the word or whatever. It made no sense to you. It was boring or whatever the case might be. Suddenly, when you're in Christ, you read the word of God. It starts to make sense. It starts to penetrate into our hearts and our minds. Say, golly, look at all these wonderful truths. This is really amazing. It's amazing. That is pure God. That is pure God. My friends, this is what separates the spiritual person from the natural person. The Spirit gives us all wisdom, courage, strength, and hope to face any challenge we might face as we walk on this planet. I believe that we need to recognize that our power comes from the Holy Spirit. Next week, we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. But today, the Holy Spirit is not a holy mystery like some believe it is. Some pastors believe it is. Some church people believe it is. It's not a holy mystery. 
It's very fundamental in our walk. You believe. How many are believers in Christ? What? Boy, this is why it's loaded. Okay. You raise your hand. Yes, I'm a believer in Christ. Why are you a believer in Christ? Because the Holy Spirit has revealed that to you. That comes through His Spirit. Did not Jesus say again, I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. And He will teach you. He will direct you. He will guide you. Without the Holy Spirit, you would be lost. I would be lost as a Christian. Without the Holy Spirit, how could we be a Christian? You see, sometimes we need to just stir ourselves up and allow the Holy Spirit to minister through us. We talk about God's love. We talk about Jesus' love. But we talk, but we talk about the Holy Spirit's love. He loves us so much that we can grieve Him when we walk away from Him. We can grieve Him when we have issues, even as Christians, in our lives, and we're not dealing with them through the Spirit of God. We're trying to deal with God on our own strength. That's disobedience in my world. And I do that. Sometimes I try to do, do things on my own strength. I forget the Holy Spirit's there to help me. The Holy Spirit is there to provide power for you and me in our lives. Power to think, remember, you know, we're not brain dead. God has given us the power to think. But God's wisdom comes where? When we allow our minds to be driven by the Spirit of God. That is wisdom. That is God's wisdom. If we don't allow that to happen, then we won't find His wisdom. How do you feel today? you have anything on your mind? Have any concerns you have in your life? Something that maybe is driving you and is driving you crazy that you can't seem to pull it together. It's got you worried, frantic, whatever the case might be. Then the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, saying, you got to give it to me. Give me that problem right now. Give it to me. Or, I don't understand all this. Is he talking about speaking in tongues? Is he talking about this, talking about that? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Spirit in you. You are a Christian. I don't care if you are Assemblies of God, if you are Presbyterian, if you're whatever. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that Spirit of God lives in you and wants to teach you, wants to encourage you and guide you. And sometimes we need someone to help us out, someone that God is using them through His Spirit to convey His truths to us. Today is a day of opportunity. If you want to know or you're confused about what I'm saying, about what the Spirit does, then we want to pray with you. This is a time for you to respond to the Spirit of God. This is a Spirit-driven, holy moment for you. An opportunity. John, would you come down, please? John and I are going to be up here, and we're going to pray. If you want, whatever it is for you, you want to learn more about the Holy Spirit, or you don't feel the power of the Holy Spirit, and you want to, then we're here to pray for you. This is open. This is going to be Holy Spirit-driven. And so it's going to be open for them, and you can come forward, and we'll have the music going, and we will stay as long as necessary. Or 
we turn the lights out real early. It does, it just, this is your moment to respond to the Spirit of God and what He's done for you. To help you maybe navigate through, much, through some of your questions that you might have about the Holy Spirit. My goal today is for you to get to know Him in a deeper way. To know your Holy Spirit that's in you. And the more you know about Him, the more you will respect Him and love Him for who He is and what He does. So be in prayer. Be in prayer. And if God so moves you, please come forward and we'll pray with you. I'll turn the mic off so it'll be just a little conversation between us or prayer time between us. Uh, for those of you that have to be somewhere, that's fine too. You can leave at any time. But this is going to be a, a moment of maybe you need more clarity. Maybe you need more clarity about the Holy Spirit. He said, you know what? You didn't really give me enough, Pastor. I need more, more, a deeper understanding, whatever. It's worth it. It's worth it that if you have questions to come forward. John, you can come over here, buddy. There's a man that walks in the Spirit. So whatever God lays in your heart, if you want to come forward, you may do so. We'll be here. And we, we, let's all be in prayer.